Feast Navidad, everyone. Welcome to the Warrior 5 Podcast. Just me and Cash today. We got a great lineup going for you, though. Cash, do we have a new leader in the NFL Pick'ems? No, sadly not. Not yet. Not, uh, Logan, I'm catching you, man. Yeah, so this week, um, Logan went 4-2. and two. Mitch went 5-1. and one. Bryce with the coin toss went 3-3 three three again for a second week. Brady, 4-2. and two. I got five and one, hey. and special guest Tyler Brody five and one also. There you go, Tyler Brody. It's now number one on the leaderboard for guest pickums. Wasn't very hard to do. Just had to beat three and three. <laughs> yeah, it's not that difficult. And and Bryce is showing that coin flip odds are really 50-50. <laughs> He's two weeks in a row done coin flips. Two weeks in a row gone three and three. So if you ever had to base life decisions on on anything with a, with a coin flip, just know your odds are definitely going to be 50-50 on that. <laughs> yeah. So our standings are now 37 and 16 Logan, 36 and 17 Mitch, 35 and 18 Brady. Bryce is still 500, so 27 and 27, and then me 24 and 30. But hey, you got past 20 wins. Yes, yeah. You also did rack up your 30th loss, but hey, we're we're looking past that. You're into the 21 column. First, second, and third is going to get really interesting in these next couple of weeks. We're all within three games of each other. Uh, you know, someone slips and goes four and two, and it just takes. Well, you know, Logan slips and goes four and two. Brady goes six and zero, oh, and he's now tied with Logan in the first place. So, could be pretty interesting. Now, our standings mean a whole lot, but the standings for the first overall pick mean a lot too. And did the Jets just have the worst win of NFL history? It's up there. There's a couple other 0 for teams that have done this in the past. I just... So, like, and... The thing that's crazy is when we had Tyler Brody on the podcast, we talked about the Rams possibly being a sleeper for the Super Bowl. If the Rams can't beat the Jets, <laughs> they're not going to win a playoff game. Hey, I've said all year that Rams are the most inconsistent team in the NFL. They're consistently inconsistent. And, like, I don't know, man. Like, so, if your front office view was we were going to get Sam Darnold 100%, we were going to tank and get Sam Darnold, I don't think they start – or Trevor Lawrence. I was going to say Sam Darnold. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> tank and get Trevor Lawrence. I don't think they start Sam Darnold. That's where I was going. Ah. To give them a chance to even be in that game. And when, when all of a sudden you're like, okay, they're up. And they're not getting rid of the lead. And then Jacksonville, like their schedule, they don't look like they're going to win another game. It looks like Trevor Lawrence is not going to be a Jet. He's going to be a Jaguar. And if your front office and the Jets is okay with that, then you are either A, okay with whatever quarterback you got, or B, just trying to build an offensive line and getting uh, Sewell from Oregon, and you were going to ride or die with Sam Darnold. Well, you kind of have to like separate – the office from the head the coaches and the players because there's different mindsets because even if the the owner and everybody in the office wants to lose that coach still wants to win a game to show his tape to be maybe at least an offensive quarter corner somewhere i don't think anybody picking up adam gase no I, I think adam gase time as a coach is done maybe he teaches some pop warner peewee stuff but nfl time is definitely Definitely done for Adam Gase. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, crazier things can happen. Maybe the Jaguars end up getting another win and bounce out of first place again. And then the Jets still have 
Trevor Lawrence in their in their grasp. We'll see. And it's definitely going to be like if this the order stays the way it does. Come draft day, now do the Jets take a quarterback with the second overall pick? Do they take a lineman with the second overall pick? Do they take best available? Do they trade? I, There's a whole lot of scenarios now that the Jets have on their on like the table presented to them besides just having the first. Because if you have the first overall pick, you're taking Trevor Lawrence. There's no doubt in my mind. To be honest, though, I think they trade because besides Trevor Lawrence, I think all the quarterbacks are kind of like the same. Like, I think Justin Fields, he's more closer to Mac Jones and Kyle Trask than people really realize. I just, because every game, it seems like he's getting worse this year. He's not doing the same way he got last year. And, and like, it's Ohio State. You have talent. Yeah, I don't see it. And here's the thing. I kind of disagree with you. I think that there are six or seven NFL starters. Yeah, NFL starters, but I'm talking about the difference between Trevor Lawrence and the rest of the pack of quarterbacks. Yeah, and I'd say there's a little bit of a gap, but... There's a gap that say that there won't there will be one quarterback in the top five, and maybe two in the top ten. But then the, after that, then quarterbacks will start to move. I bet. I bet. Like as Logan alluded to on a podcast earlier, there's a lot of teams that are going to reach for quarterbacks. I guarantee there's two within the first five. I, just, I just don't see it. Especially okay. Here's the thing. So everyone, everyone's going to either be the Chiefs or the Bears. You're going to shoot high on a quarterback and you're going to hit gold or you're going to strike and hit crud. Well, it, that just, was the, it just depends on what you get. There's not many, too many GMs that are as dumb as Ryan Pace for getting scared by the 49ers that they're going to trade the pick for Mitchell Trubisky and he trades up for one pick. There's not many people like that. But you never know. I, I think that this, the, the day and age for quarterbacks and with how skilled these quarterbacks are now because if you look at it Trevor Lawrence has been surrounded by five-star talent ever since he got to college yeah I'm not saying that if he didn't have five-star talent he wouldn't be as good but some of these other guys that have you know maybe not all five stars but I have a couple four stars a couple three stars and put up just about the same numbers like we're not talking about how good a quarterback they are because they're not surrounded by NFL talent they're surrounded by Good college players. Are you trying to like bring up B- uh, BYU Zach Wilson? I'm not. Well, not only Zach Wilson, but you got you got a lot of guys. You know, with Kyle Trask. You know, he's got two really good receivers. Mac Jones is surrounded by NFL talent, and he will be. Yeah. Fields, I feel like is surrounded by NFL talent, but there's like there's a couple other Sam Howell, North Carolina. He's got. Two running backs that are pretty good. He's got a receiver that's all right. They have a linebacker that used to be a quarterback that's really good that's going to play in the NFL. Other than that, he's you can't tell me that his talent around him is the same as, or more comparable to Trevor Lawrence. Well, if Mr. Trubisky can be taken out of North Carolina, Sam Howell can be taken out of North Carolina. Are you don't are you saying that you do you think Biscuit is better than Sam Howell? I'm saying that. <sighs> I'm saying if Mitchell Trubisky can be taken in the top ten, and then Sam Howell definitely can. But I'm, like, even if you go back to that Mitchell Trubisky draft, you had Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, and Mitchell Trubisky. And in that draft, even there was only two quarterbacks taken in, in the top ten. Yeah, and I I feel that this quarterback room is a lot deeper than 
the one we had in that draft class. So. Well, they had that one. Wasn't Baker part of that draft class too, or was that a different one? No, that was a different one. Never mind. Because that because because now I gotta remember now that because uh, there even like Patrick Mahomes, you even when coming out of Texas was it Texas, Texas A&M, Tech, Texas Tech, Texas Tech, he looked he looked as good as like you can say like a. He was a Big 12 quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. He put up good numbers, but then he also had bad games too. It's just that he could really air the ball out, and Andy Reid really liked that, so that's why they picked him up. Yeah. And then you get him behind the offensive mind that Andy Reid is, and then find out that he never even really knew how to read a defense, and now he knows how to do it, and all of a sudden he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Well, you can say the same thing about Brett Favre was the same thing. He didn't know how, how to read defense. Even like his 20th year. People were talking about how he didn't know how to, what the heck, um, a certain coverage was. And I understand. So, I just feel that this draft class is loaded with quarterbacks, and I feel like people are going to reach on quarterbacks. And I think that most the quarterbacks that are taken are within the first and second round are going to be good. But it, it depends on if you're good for the first half of your career. Your whole career, or just the second half of your career, and a team that's only good in the first half is the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> and oh my gosh, if Atlanta has a lead going into halftime, I don't care how big the lead is; it could be a hundred to nothing. They will lose <laughs> that game. Cash, you brought it up too. So they blew this game against the Bucks, up seventeen nothing. Blew this game to the Bucks. Since their Super Bowl, the infamous Super Bowl, <laughs> when they lost 28-34 in overtime to the New England Patriots with Tom Brady, up until last week's game, after their loss, they have gone 28-34. and 34. Now, those Oof. two numbers sound <laughs> kind of like they're in the back of your mind. Yeah, it's because that's the same score they lost the Super Bowl in, and that's their record... And it just so happens to be that he lost to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. The one that got him to that 34th loss now was against Tom Brady, just in the Buccaneers uniform. <laughs> I I don't know if it's – I mean, you know it's coming every single week, too. If the, yeah. if the Falcons have a lead, you're like, they're not going to hold on to it. Yeah. And, and as a fan, you got to be like, well, we have a lead. We're, we're screwed. You almost As a fan, you almost want to be like, I want to play from behind because that we're better when we're not winning. It almost seems like the NFL office when making the schedule, like we're trying to predict how many wins and losses and Falcons are going to be and where should they put the Tom Brady game. Well, they were spot on with that <laughs> if they knew. Coincidence? I think not. I think, as you kind of said, it's almost like a you have to gut this Falcons organization. Yeah, any anybody that was part of that team, gone. Well, they're... Their defense needs a ton of help. I don't think Matt Ryan's the quarterback next year. Not even for years to come. Like I don't think he's the quarterback next year. They want to get rid of that contract. You got to keep Julio and Calvin. But other than that, you have nothing. You know, we talked about Todd Gurley, absolute flop in free agency. Yeah, that one I kind of saw coming though. And it's just you don't have anything, and especially in that division. Yeah. You need to have firepower because, I mean, with even with Drew Brees hurt, 
you know, the Saints are going to score some points. You, you can't rely on Matt Ryan giving you 24 a game because your defense is going to give up 27. Well, the good thing is if they're starting now, they're going to have basically two years advantage on the Bucks and the Saints because the Saints, both of them, Saints and Bucks, both of them are probably going to be either. I know Breeze might be this year, but Brady has two more years at least. So, like, if they start now their rebuild, they have a chance when both of those guys are retired, Breeze and Tom Brady, they'd be the when, ones. When they go to start their rebuild, too, you think? Yeah. Yeah, they'd be ahead of, the, ahead of the curve. Well, I mean, I feel like, honestly, the Falcons have been on a rebuild ever since the Super Bowl, and it's just been a really slow rebuild, and it's almost been a non-existent rebuild I, because they haven't done anything since that Super Bowl loss. Yeah, they've been, I think, 10-6 and six and 7-9 and nine, and then 7-9 and nine again. And then this year, four and ten. Yeah, four and ten. They went really downhill this year. I'm just kind of disappointing to see. Definitely. Yeah. But getting into the the six games that we picked, we'll start off with our. We'll go down the list right here. Bears Vikings. Uh, honestly, was a really good game. Trzeciski try to throw the game again. Like, oh yeah, on the let's be on the five yard line. Let's just pass it and throw an interception give them a chance to score you know you got him it's a rivalry game you got to make those games close i thought for the first part though i thought the bears were really going to run away with that yeah well there's a like a six a six drive stretch that they scored for six straight drives and if you can i mean not that it can happen against every team because I'm, this vikings defense is good not great mm-hmm but if you can can put six, seven drives in a row together where you can score on all these drives, Bears are now in contention again. I feel like the, yeah. the Bears have a scary team just because their defense is so good that if their offense is at least competent enough to move the ball downfield, then well, you, ha- you definitely have to look in their direction and be like, man, this is a team that, not this year, but in years to come, if they play the way that they did on offense – for most part of that Vikings game, they're a team that can definitely win their division, if not make it to the playoffs, go farther in the playoffs, and maybe, just maybe, make it back to a Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know, but like to be honest, though, like, our, I'm really surprised about the turnaround in the offensive line and like how they got this group together. But also, like in this last, the surprising thing is this: those last four games, their defense, Chicago's defense, has been, I would say almost bad like if you take out the houston game they're giving up almost 30 points every time so i don't know what what's going on right now with the bears defense because if that game happens against green bay because that same week cardinals are playing the rams and if if they lose to green bay because of their defense and cardinals and cardinals lose i'm gonna be kind of mad because would you guys you guys wouldn't get that last playoff spot? Yeah, we would. Game. You would get that. Yeah. So if Cardinals lose one game, we make the playoffs, but we have to win out. Okay. And we got Jacksonville and Green Bay, and they have a, a bad team this week, I believe, and then they have uh, Rams. The Rams finishing yeah. out. So we'll see. Hey, maybe there's still a chance your Bears make the playoffs, man. Yeah, they have to win two straight games and hope for a loss. Hey, crazier things have happened and will happen it's against green bay who matt nagy doesn't know how to play against maybe green bay's already got a first round locked up and they rest everyone no it's against the bears because we did there's always there's hope we did it to them uh when they went to the super bowl because we uh we were already clinched for a play a playoff bye 
and so we still played with our starters, lost, then met them in the NFC Championship game. Jay Cutler had that injury, and then lost to them in the NFC Championship game, and then they go on to win the Super Bowl that year. I'll just hope you don't meet them in the playoffs again. <laughs> a team that got completely eliminated, excuse me, had a cash one with there, completely eliminated from the playoffs, New England Patriots. And the Dolphins. Tua, one of the very few rookies that got by Bill Belichick. And I'm not going to say that they they looked outstanding. They were trailing for most of the game. You know, it wasn't a, a, a huge margin of victory, or it wasn't a huge margin that they were down either. Mm-hmm. But their defense kind of bend but not break. And then when it mattered the most, Tua drove them down the field. They played real well. I... I was on Tua early, being that he shouldn't play. And, you know, I really believed in Ryan Fitzpatrick. But he's, he's kind of starting to grow on me a little bit. He You know, he, he makes plays that we saw in Alabama. He gives this team, like, a little bit more of a boost and gives them a chance to win. Now, he does have a lot of rookie mistakes, uh, turning the ball over, keeping the ball uh, in the pocket, too long you know not knowing when to get rid of it you know doing different stuff that where as his years go on you know his progressions in the pocket and stuff are a little sharper yeah uh being to be honest though like those turnovers you're probably going to get the same thing with ryan Fitzpatrick. yes and i'm not saying that ryan fitzpatrick is like mvp caliber but he was doing really good this year because i think uh he had like 14 touchdowns or so yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 12 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. So, well, a mediocre kind of. And Tula went 9 touchdowns and 2 interceptions. But I don't know about the fumbles, though, for him. Because his biggest thing was fumbling, which is a big problem for rookie quarterbacks for some reason. I have no idea why. Well, a lot of them, too, like, for a decent amount. Excuse me. For a decent amount of these rookie quarterbacks, their offensive line is very suspect. Uh, Justin Herbert's kind of got a makeshift line behind him. Uh, they have a little bit uh, more of an advantage, but Joe Burrow. Oh, well, Joe Burrow. Joe might, Burrow had no offensive line. He might be the next Andrew Luck and be out in six years. And then this Dolphins offensive line, they need some shoring up to do. They they spent a lot of money in free agency on their defense. And it, it's paid off for them so far, but now you've kind of found your guy. Time to protect him. Yeah. But the funny thing is, if they win, did you know that they would be the first team ever to make the playoffs and have a top three and have the possibility of a top three pick with Houston? That's crazy. Yeah, I forgot about that whole trade with Houston. Houston is just—it's sad, man. It's so sad. Yeah. With like, Deshaun Watson has nothing. Bill O'Brien got rid of everything. They have nothing to really look forward to. I mean, now you're in a division that's really tough. Hey, but they got Tennessee, Larry Tunsil. <laughs> in, a, in a division that has Tennessee and Indy? Yeah. Oh, man. But you got Phil Rivers on a one-year contract, so. But, I mean, yeah, and then all of a sudden you plug and play him a rookie into there that mm-hmm. plays just as well. Yeah. You're still screwed. Yeah. Still screwed. A team that's not screwed and has the best quarterback in all of football, and I'm not being biased or anything just because the Chiefs are in our division. What is the Kansas City Chiefs? Handled the Saints, played pretty well. Uh, this Kansas City team, man, like it's crazy too. Because so, 
when the Steelers started losing, the Chiefs kind of took notice of that and kind of turned it into a different gear. Like, this team's clicking. They're playing really good football. Uh, they had, like, a kind of a, a – I wouldn't say a squeak-by win against Denver, uh, but they could have played a lot better than what they did. They got into the red zone a lot and, and didn't end up scoring. But ever since, like I said, the Steelers started losing this Patriot or this Patriots, excuse me, this Chiefs team been clinical. I mean, yeah. they they New Orleans came back later in the in in the game, you know, and scored two touchdowns in the in the fourth quarter, and then Kansas City had eleven uh, in the fourth. But I mean, Drew Brees even when he came back. Three touchdowns, but he had that pick. Patrick Mahomes, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, he is just the the connection he has with Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill is ridiculous. Yeah, and they're just they're very good at their their positions too. They're they're a, a well oiled machine. Yeah, and the, and their defense is, you know, it's getting back to where it was during the playoffs last year. But if you can have all 11 guys on defense do their role and play to their capabilities, I don't see any reason why this Chiefs team can't repeat. Yeah, they have a very good chance. But I don't know. I just feel like if they get to the playoffs and someone can replicate what the Raiders did against the Chiefs, that'd be good. And also, I thought they could have lost this game if it wasn't if it was Taysom Hill quarterback instead of Drew Brees. Drew Brees was only completing 50 per- 50% of his passes, and was most of it was dump downs. Like, if you're just going to do that, just get a, bring in a running co- a running quarterback. Like, jeez. And and I, I agree at to some points with you, and then I don't at the same time. Because if you bring in Taysom Hill, he's not much of a thrower, so Kansas City has a different defensive approach to it. But he's definitely more than 50% completion. Is he? Yeah, he is. Because I believe he's like around... I thought he was around... But even... Okay, even if he comes in, he's not... I'm not saying that Drew Brees is in his form, or like in his great form right now. But I would take Drew Brees over Taysom Hill... Not injured Drew Brees. It's in, I'm talking about injured Drew Brees because he's he even said it he was not 100 percent. And Taysom Hill this year has been 72 percent completion, four touchdowns, two interceptions, and like he's already had almost 400 yards rushing this year. So I'll take that over a Drew Brees that was going 16 for 31. No, I don't think no touchdowns or no interceptions. I believe. Can't remember for sure. Drew Brees was 15 of 34 for 234 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, but 15 for 34. Yeah, I understand that. But so 34 attempts to Taysom Hill is 119 total. Yeah. He's throwing the ball more than Taysom Hill is. I know. To be honest, though, but you have a more effective run game, too, with Taysom Hill. I could see it. I still don't think they beat the Chiefs. I think they. It's a better formula to beat the Chiefs. Maybe we'll see. I you have to play a good defensive 
sound game, and I don't think that the Saints have it. Well, or you just have to the if it's closer games. I mean, like if it's a lower scoring game, Chiefs are like like eighty like some weird percentage, very very good at winning games. But if it's a shootout, they're basically fifty fifty. So you want to you, you want to try to run the score up against this Kansas City? Yeah. Well, yeah, I feel like too because then you'll have the defense more on their heels and not yeah. able to to kind of sit in and, and run what they want to run. But well, you, you yeah, but you I'm just for Drew Brees. He just needs to be better than that, and he wasn't ready to go to be honest. He wasn't. No, I think he he forced it. Yeah, I think he came into play because he knew that this Saints team needed to win this game. Yeah, because they keep and, pace with Green Bay. And I I think you're right. I think he rushed rushed into it now. You know, if if you get a fully healthy Drew Brees, like mm-hmm. if Drew Brees weren't to injure his ribs, and he would still be just you know kind of on his last tier of, of being an NFL starter, and he weren't to have like as catastrophic of an injury as what he had, I think that this Saints team could have put up more points. Yeah, and I think that they could have probably maybe beat the Chiefs. Yeah, but with what they have in Drew Brees now, and what they have with Taysom Hill as his backup. I don't feel like it's enough to beat this Chiefs team because I okay because honestly because if now if you let's just say the Saints score two more touchdowns now do you think the Chiefs let off at all no no so I think the Chiefs can score two more touchdowns as well and still win by the margin but there's a there's a lower percent chance that they win though that's it's all based on percentages I know well the percentage of chance that they won last week versus the Saints is a hundred percent yes they did yes so. We can't dispute that at all. Yeah. The thing we can dispute is this Eagles team. And are they for real or are they not? Or did they just run into a Cardinals team that kind of need to prove how good they were? And Kyler Murray kind of coming back to his, his full self. Because I feel like Jalen Hurts played really well. Oh, yeah. He, he did. He had three touchdowns passing, one rushing. And he was making some throws that Carson Wentz hasn't been making this year. You had like people like Dan Olaski on ESPN saying basically that this is it's not Carson Wentz's fault, it's the Lions' fault, it's the wide receiver's fault, it's the coach's fault. And then Jalen Hurts comes in and hasn't been really sacked. The wide receivers are somehow getting open now. And the the Doug Pearson's offense is running running very good now. Yeah, and they, they only lost to the Cardinals by seven. Twenty six thirty three. And the Cardinals scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter to kind of put the game away. Well, and, but I mean, this game was tied after the third quarter. And Jalen Hurts, even on the last play of the game, got pretty close to if it just tipped correctly or had maybe you know Hopkins on his team. Yes, <laughs> it would have been the opposite. Well, I mean, yes, yeah, just still throw for three hundred and thirty-eight yards and three touchdowns is. Yeah, that in zero picks because I mean, on the other side, you did Kyler Murray that aired the ball out extremely well, four hundred and six yards, three touchdowns, but he did have the interception. You know, I think that honestly, like the Jalen Hurts era in Philly has started. I don't think Carson Wentz gets to start for the Eagles ever again, and he's made it publicly clear that he wants to be a starter. So I think it's time to ship him out. Well. I'm just going to basically say, like Rex Ryan, stop being a, a crybaby. Everybody already knows that everybody wants to be a starter. You don't have to say it out. Don't have to leak it to the news. Yeah, and I mean, 
the thing is, is his career has slowly gone down. Like, yeah, got hurt when you could have had an MVP season. I know things happen. That sucks, you know. But we need to see you back to that form again, and we've never, we have never seen him back to that form. We never see him not hurt in the season either. And a lot of that's going to have to do with, I mean, that's a lot of what the front office in Philadelphia has to look at too because, yeah, when Carson Wentz is good and in his prime, he's a great quarterback. But, again, we haven't seen that since he got hurt, and if he's going to keep getting hurt, are you going to start wasting money into Carson Wentz? Or now that you see that your draft pick, that you didn't really have to spend a an insane draft pick on, I think they got him in the second round. Yeah. All of a sudden is winning you games or at least keeping you in games where Carson Wentz wouldn't have been able to do. It's a no-brainer. I keep I keep Hurts way before I kept Carson Wentz. Yeah, I want to see how he does the finish out the season. If Jalen Hurts keeps his pace, yeah, he's definitely your starting quarterback and you're definitely – no one's going to probably take the, the contract of Carson Wentz unless you give them draft capital. Oh, you'd have to. Yeah. So it's either you give up probably like a second, a third, a fourth – they get rid of that contract the most? Because I'm, I'm assuming you don't want to get rid of your first. Oh, no. Yeah. Or you basically uh, release him. And then take that hit. Yeah, but I think it's like if he gets re- if he's on the roster after June 6th, his number goes down by like $20 million, I think, if you release him. It's not terrible. But yeah. the Eagles' last two games are against the Cowboys and against the Washington football team. Yeah, I want to see him against that Washington defense. The Cowboys, you, it won't matter. Yeah, he'll, he'll put up numbers against yeah. the Cowboys' defense, which, you know, shockingly enough, did win. We'll skip over that Seahawks-Washington game. The 49ers got handed the L by those Cowboys. Hey, I told you, man. If it's these bad teams, you always pick the team with the better offense. Yeah, I guess you're right. Because yeah, it's literally the tale of opposites. Because, I mean, now the 49ers doesn't, don't have a healthy offense or a healthy defense. But before, they had a stout, healthy defense. And the Cowboys had a stout, heavy offense. And so I'm going to ask you this question. So Cowboys did win. And I felt like they played pretty well. One forty-one to 41-33. If this Cowboys team is fully healthy, no one out with COVID, right? And they play a 49ers team who's fully healthy, no one out with COVID, no one out with injuries. Who do you think wins that game? 49ers. Just because of the, I think I think 49ers too, just because that defense is so good. Yeah. Well, it's the Cowboys being the Cowboys. Like every year you can always think, basically just track them up somewhere around 8-8. Eight and eight. They're not gonna make it to eight and eight this. Year. I know, but like you had that. Well, they they kind of counteract each other, but mostly that you can basically say they're around five hundred every year. Yeah, I I think that game, when both teams would be healthy, would be just a great game to watch because you have like a predominantly good offensive team and a predominantly good defensive team because yeah. the Cowboys have one of the worst, if not the worst, defenses, and honestly, the Four Danners' offense with Jimmy GQ in there is not good. They're not good on offense. They can't really run the ball. Well, I wouldn't say that because Kyle Shanahan's scheme runs, and like it really, at times, can be really good run game. But I mean, other than their Super Bowl streak was good, but 
with Jimmy Garoppolo in, they're not a scary offense. I feel like they're not because they're, but well, they're a winnable they're team. Pre- they're predictable yeah, because of that defense. They're yeah, but because of that defense. But like, just look at the record without Jimmy G starting, though. Because you put Nick Mullins in at quarterback now, C.J. Beathard. <laughs> yeah, but still, like you know, not every quarter your backup quarterback is Ryan Fitzpatrick back there. Okay, and that I guess that kind of voids to my point then. So if you put a backup quarterback in, shouldn't the run game still be just as good? Yeah, but their their run game, like three running backs were hurt this year. Well, Raheem Mostert's back, and he hasn't done anything. He doesn't even get the first team reps anymore because he's not producing. I you know. still have Juice Jack. Juice Jack's a fullback. Yeah, but he blocks for your running back. I don't know. It just seems like this year, like the run game's not going to be as good because there's no passing game now as much. Was there really much of a passing game? There, there was. Okay, you can always guarantee that at least Jimmy G was going to give you around two, 250 passing and about a touchdown or two. Yeah, we can agree to disagree. Seattle hands Washington a loss, and the only one that got that one wrong was Bryce on this coin flip. I don't know if he would have actually gone against Seattle, especially with how early he was on that Russell Wilson for MVP train. But, I mean, they looked actually really good. They didn't. It wasn't a high-scoring game, but, like, that defense. And, again, they did play against Dwayne Haskins, not Alex Smith. If it was Alex Smith, they would win that game. But their defense played pretty well. I mean, they, they forced two picks, and it is Dwayne Haskins. I understand that. And they had a fumble that wasn't you know wasn't lost. But, you know, if Seattle, their first two drives, or their first two scoring drives, score touchdowns, this game's a blowout. But they, you know, Washington yeah. kind of put their feet to the, to the turf and held them two field goals. And then, you know, going into half or was down only 10, 13 to 3. But then just got it going a little too late. Too little too late. And ended up losing 20 to 15. Now, this Seattle team, although first in the NFC East, they have so much to work on because that offense, when healthy and rolling, is great. Yeah. That defense is horrible. Yeah. And you go back to when they won their Super Bowl or went to the Super Bowl, they had that Legion of Boom, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you need to get back to the same Legion of Boom, but you just have to have a, a defense that's credible. I mean, yeah, you have you have Jamal Adams. You got Bobby Wagner. I mean, you have some pieces, but it's not all it's not coming together how, how I think Pete Carroll wants it to. And you, you need a good defense in Seattle. That's what they've kind of hung their hat on. You had a sleeper in the MVP race ever since he's gotten into the league with Russell Wilson. They now have weapons with Tyler Lockett and DK. They have, you know, what I feel like is they've shirt up on a running game with Chris Carson. Your offense is there. But was it worth it to lose everything you had on the defensive side of the ball? Um, to be honest, I don't know, really, because... I think I really need the offense just because of what Wilson Wilson has showed us at times. But this is what happens when you have to pay a quarterback all that money. No. Like you basically you have to be able to draft your defense. You can pay maybe one or two guys, but for the most part you need to basically 
had to just score a lot of points. Yeah, and I, like not and again, not saying this Seahawks team can't score a lot of points because I know they can. But that's just like it's like the opposite thing against the Chiefs. You don't want to get into a shootout with this Seahawks team because they can't stop anyone. And if enough, all of a sudden you get into it like a, a Green Bay game, mm-hmm. you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to drive down that field. Well, every if, time he has the ball against this defense, if this if if Green Bay gets to buy in the playoffs, you can almost just lock it Green Bay in the, the Super Bowl. It's going to be at Lambeau. Yeah, it's it's called. I mean, Green Bay can lose though because Green Bay's defense is almost the same as yeah, but Seattle. They're a little bit better. But Green Bay's defense is very bad. I'm just saying, like if they go, it's because it's going to be probably Green Bay versus a team that's not very good at defense either. Because I don't really see a lot of like good defensive teams besides like Washington, really. Because what you're going to have the the Saints, their defense is, has been uh as, as of late. Yeah. And then you got the Seattle defense, eh. The Bucks. Bucks, yeah. eh. Like unless like the Bears make it into the playoffs because Cardinals defense is nothing to be good either. It's it's very. I mean, not that these defenses are bottom thirty two. Like, they're, they're like they're they're middle pack. They're ten these, to they're ten to twenty. They're yeah they're middle pack defenses because the Bucks defense rush defense is really good. Their pass defense is just horrible. Sucks. Yeah. And it kind of goes back and forth for all that, but the, like as you said in the beginning of the podcast, depends on if the Bears defense shows up too. Yeah, because I mean they might be the quote unquote best defense that the Packers will see, but if they play like they did in the last couple of weeks, the Packers are just gonna roll right over them. Yeah, that that is true. But like, I'm, that's how just saying like how sad like the amount of defenses that will actually be in the playoffs that are actually like at least top five. Well, top five, even though Saints are not technically I know up there, but like they haven't shown me that they're actually that. Well, think about. I mean, the really the def- the defenses that are going to be in the playoffs are on the, the AFC side. Yeah, because Kansas City's defense in the playoffs is pretty good. Yep. But you got Buffalo, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Tennessee is okay. Cleveland can play if they want to. Indeed. Miami's is good, and Indies is good. Yeah. Um, and you know I'm going to be AFC biased. I think that whoever makes it out of the AFC wins the Super Bowl this year. Um, it depends who's the uh, the NFC team. If it's if it's Green Bay and they get a team that's not Kansas City. Well, I should said I think they get Kansas City. Yeah, <laughs> I it, don't think Kansas City loses. If it's game. not, if it's it has to be not Kansas City, basically for an NFC team to win. If Kansas City makes the uh, this year bowl, then it's going to be Kansas City. Yeah, and I don't see because Kansas City can beat Buffalo. The Steelers, I think, lose to the Colts if the. Steelers well, I think the Steelers lose out because they got the Browns and Indy left. I think. Wow, I think they lose out. Yeah, so they start eleven zero and uh, and eleven five. Dang, no, I mean, Juju said that he's not dancing on any logos anymore. Do you think that matters? <laughs> no. It's just he shouldn't have been doing it in the first place because you just piss off the other team. That's very true. And they do. They end up with, uh, at, excuse me, at home against the Colts and then on the road against the Browns. Now, normally at, at, on the road against the Browns wouldn't matter too much, but that could be for the division. Yeah. Because the Browns are 10-4, and four, the Steelers are 11-3, and three, the Steelers lose another game, and the Browns win – 
Now, they would split head-to-head because the Steelers have already won against the Browns. But, I mean, this team could turn around and all of a sudden, you know, in the last week of the season, not just fight for a playoff spot, but fight for, you know, first in the division and playing a home game. That's huge. That's a, that's a huge just swing. Think of the, just think of the story is. If Steelers actually go eleven and five, and then go to the playoffs and then lose their playoff game, it would be the worst eleven uh, O team. And well, it's already probably going to be the worst eleven O team that's ever happened. Yeah, and well, okay. So with that, they didn't really play anyone. Okay, so their first winning was against the Giants. Okay, but they did beat Seattle though. They beat no the Giants beat Seattle. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you got the Giants, the Broncos, who I don't think had their starter. I don't think Drew Locke played. The Texans. Not good this year. No. The Titans game was postponed. So then they played that later. They beat the Eagles with Wentz. Mm-hmm. The Browns, they did spank in. But that was the early Browns. Yeah, like at the beginning of the year when they also lost to Baltimore by a lot. Then they played the Titans in one by three. That was that one where uh, Gostowski missed the field goal. Yep. Yep. They beat the Ravens, beat the Cowboys, beat the Bengals, beat the Jaguars, beat the Ravens again, and then they go on this losing streak. Like, yeah, they played one playoff team. Yeah. And it's the Browns who will probably, uh, what we're thinking is going to exact their revenge in, in the last week of the season. It makes me feel better as a Bears fan that someone else has a chance to lose uh, five straight. We will we lost six straight actually, but you know. Hey, they have a chance to lose six straight if they go to the playoffs and lose. Yeah, that just that would make me feel a lot better. I, you know, at least your team makes the playoffs, guys. My team is looking for a quarterback, I think. And speaking of quarterbacks, there was one that. Uh, that played in a bowl game already. I mean, I I talked him up all year, but uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah, he that BYU beating UCF forty nine twenty three. Yeah, I know UCF is like a like a six and three team. They're like eh, but BYU really showed that they can do something against a a, a pretty good team. So no, here's the thing. So if if you want to argue that UCF isn't the greatest team, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But they did not pick this game. This game is not in their conference yep. or anything. The they committee, got yeah. this the committee matched them up against UCF because they thought that, that would be a good game. Obviously it was not. BYU deserved better competition. And Zach Wilson showed. Four hundred and twenty five yards and three touchdowns. They should have just didn't coast to Carolina again. I think it would have been a good, better game. And we, I don't think we talk enough about, I mean, I talk about Zach Wilson. I try to talk about him every single podcast because I just, I love the way he plays quarterback. And if Denver were to, if he were to slide and Denver were to pick him up, I wouldn't be too mad with it. I mean, obviously I wouldn't ride with Drew Locke, but, you know, getting Zach Wilson, he's a great, I feel like he is a NFL ready quarterback with the reads and throws that he makes. But we don't talk enough about Al Gear, the running back. This man rushes for 150 yards every game. Yeah, you know, 173 and a touchdown. So. 9.1 yard average. This dude is, he's legit. Like, he can make an NFL roster as well. And, you know, BYU, 
They're going to have a lot of muscular, big white dudes on the line. They're going to be super physical against you, which I know gives Zach a lot of time in the pocket, but also gives, you know, Algier some good running lanes and stuff like that. But I think that too many teams, like, especially after their loss to Coastal, too many teams in the NFL are going to sleep on Zach Wilson because, oh, well, when you played a, a, someone to a good competition, you didn't win. I mean, you do forget he was a yard shy from winning that game or yeah. at least, you know, tying it. Zach Wilson's numbers the entire year have been really impressive. I wouldn't say Heisman-esque, as I I'd said before, but, I mean, they're, they're not – they're not bad because I mean I'm gonna go to him real quick. Just give me a second. <laughs> but like I think like in the draft, people are actually there's rumors that he might be the third quarterback off the board right now already. I have seen that too. I've seen him getting taken. Third, yeah, the third quarterback because it would go Lawrence Lance, aren't Lawrence Fields, Fields him? Yeah. That's without the draft combine, which always switches it up usually. Oh, yeah. I'm sure someone's going to have an insane combine, and it's just going to be ridiculous. So, and the thing that's crazy is the game he needed to show out, and he showed out in the most. That's the most passing yards he had in the game this year. was 425. Oof. But he had three picks. I'm going to have to do really quick math here. <laughs> you just got to do math. Come on, man. It's quick math. So, I mean, his, his, I would say his worst game. So, yeah, he has like 33 touchdowns this year and three picks. He has the second most touchdowns, and he's third in yards with 3,600 yards. I mean, the dude. 76% completion percentage for the year. If you look at it compared to all these other quarterbacks, he is. He's up in there. The, in the race. And here's the thing. We talked about it before, too. He doesn't play with full five-star talent around him. You get him. And, like, he's right there with at least uh, Mac Jones, who's, like, 32 touchdowns, four interceptions, and 3,700 yards. And even US, UCS quarterback's right there, right behind him, 32 touchdowns and four interceptions. Yeah. And I think it's... The narrative was taken away from him is, well, he never did it against good competition, which I feel like if you put Zach Wilson on Alabama, he would put up the same numbers as Mac Jones did. Well, they also do have like two other, a wide receiver and a running back that's also on the Heisman list. Yeah, and <laughs> so obviously Mac Jones' numbers are going to be really good, but you put him, like I said, you put him on an Alabama team, and I bet he puts up the same exact numbers as Max Jones does. Yeah. And looking at all this, that's why I think there are going to be more quarterbacks taken off the board than you think in the first round because on this passing, just the passing stats alone, Trevor Lawrence is ranked 11th. Yeah, well, he's going to be your number one Well, he also missed games, and he's also been in the championship if he wins this year, all four years, I think. Seven. Three. Oh, I three years? Is, I, he's a, I'm pretty sure he's only a junior. Oh, yeah. So all three years, basically. But 
<sighs> I don't know, man. I th I think there's going to be five because I'm thinking right now it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, Fields, even though I think I think there's a chance that Fields might not be taken in the first round if he has a poor combine. Well, Just, I, no, there's no way. He's taking first round. So Trevor Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, Mac Jones, and Kyle Trask. And then those are the possibilities of first rounders. Outside of that, Trey Lance. Trey Lance, probably going, to, going second round. First round. Sam Howell, probably second round. Second. If he goes to the draft, he could stay. Yeah, if he yeah. if he goes, I think he stays. Yeah, because he probably wants to get, try to be a first rounder. But like I see, yeah, I only see about five first rounders. But five first rounders is more than what you said. You said there was like one or two taken, and then it would be the second. I well, I said one or two taken in the top ten. So I mean, if if that's the case, and there's a ton getting picked up later in the, and then I feel like later in the. The rounds, all these guys already have quarterbacks. So why would you need a quarterback? Well, I'm talking about the 10 to like 15 range around there. Well, I, I, yeah, around there. There's There could be like a third one in the top 10 to make it work. I think there's three, if not four, in the top 10. I don't see four at all. If you go to Minecraft, man, I'm telling you, it's I don't, on there. I don't see it, man. Pick one and two are going to be quarterbacks. Pick one and two. You think like a Andrew Luck RG three kind of thing? Well, yeah, because you, you. But it's Trevor Lawrence and Fields. No, no, I don't think. I think Fields drops out of the top five. So then you think the Jets don't take a quarterback? I don't think they do. They need one. They, if it's not Trevor Lawrence, is like, do you really think? Because. Uh, Sam Darnold's the same is actually younger than Joe Burrow still. I I just don't know for sure they might do a full reboot, but I that I just feel like that's definitely overreaching for someone like Justin Fields. All right. I <sighs> if someone wants to pay you draft capital to move up for for Fields, I would definitely make that trade because he's not he's not even he's not Trevor Lawrence. I would say there's a possibility that he's, him and Zach Wilson are probably closer than him to Justin Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. You have also said that you don't watch a lot of college football, so I watch certain games. Not enough. Not enough. I, I but I know how Not the enough. NFL picks though. The NBA started. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. But it did. I don't know if Golden State knew that because they got <laughs> embarrassed. Well, yeah, I saw some of the highlights of that game. Without Klay Thompson, and they also had, didn't have Draymond Green, they weren't going to compete with Kevin Durant and Kyrie, who was even outscoring them in the first half. Just those two versus the entire Golden State Warriors team. Well, yeah, I mean, Irving finished with 26. Durant finished with 22. And Curry was obviously going to be the leading scorer and with is. 20. But Wiseman had 19. So that's, I mean, Wiseman looking like a, a, a valuable pick. But I think to how we, Brady said before too, that he thinks that Golden State would make it to the final. I think that obviously that was pre-Clay Thompson injury. Yep. And I think if Clay's in, not only just on the offensive side, on the defensive side, Clay brings a different energy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he can guard really one through... Almost four. Yeah. 
And, you know, his his touch on the ball is ridiculous. Yeah. So I think that this Warriors team is in a whole different direction if they do have Clay Thompson, but you'd still think that they would be at least competitive. I, you would say that, but, like, you got to remember, if you don't have those star players, your other guys are pretty inconsistent. And last night, last night if it wasn't Stephen Curry, the, like Olenek or whatever his, his name is, he went, like, I know he was, like, four for, like, 15 or something like that shooting. And the, oh, Kelly Oubre? Yeah, that guy. I was like, Kelly, like, Kelly Olenek. Yeah, yeah, he, ooh, yeah, he had a bad game. Oh, yeah, and, six from three. and then look at the other guy, too. The, uh, what other guy? There's a lot of guys. That okay, play. he was like... Um, Andrew Wiggins? Yeah, Andrew Wiggins, yeah. He went two of six. Yeah. Eric Pascoe had six points. That's not going to help. Yeah, when you have Andrew Wiggins and the other guy, I don't even want to say his name. Are Kelly doing Oubre? Yeah, Oubre. Oubre. Is doing, they're doing that bad. Like, you're not gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna be like that. They're gonna get destroyed when everybody else besides. I think Wiseman's gonna always have a good game, and Curry's always gonna have a good game. So you have to rely on your rest of their teams to show up, especially when you don't have Draymond Green, who's that great passer as he is. So that's the reason why you lose a game last night because you need your supporting cast. Well, yeah, other three guys starting to do something. And speaking of guys to do something, although he did throw a pass out of bounds that wasn't even close, Paul George played really well and handed the Lakers a loss on ring night. You know, you got the ring, you're... I feel like those are always weird nights for NBA players just because you're on, like, I don't know, it's like it's a celebration time, but at the same time you got to, like, zone in and play a game. But, like, even just looking at the stats, like, Paul George, 33 points, shot 5-8 from 3. And then Kawhi Leonard, 26, but he shot 1 of 8. So if Kawhi shoots even better, then that game's even more out of reach. But it was a lot of even scoring from this Lakers team, which is honestly not in the win category what they'd like. But if they can get this production throughout the entire season, it's going to be good. You had Anthony Davis with 18, LeBron with 22, Dennis Schroeder, new acquire, uh, new pickup with 14 and 12. Montres Harold, a new pickup at seventeen and ten. Uh, you know, Kyle Kuzma just gave that good contract too. He's get he had fifteen points. You know, if this team can average right around there, they're going to be in good shape. And you know, it's just one loss. You know, it's a well, whole it's different season. The beginning too. of season. You base any any team that has LeBron James. I don't even look at them until this playoffs. Oh, and I feel like you're exactly right because I feel like this team could lose five straight games to start the season and i'd still feel like they would be in the top 10 for they just have to make the playoffs and they'll be fine oh yeah because playoff lebron comes and it's it's a whole different story yeah i just feel like this this year is going to be pretty interesting because there's a lot of teams that i felt like made good headway last year and with the draft kind of solidified themselves as locks in the playoff but we'll see if those teams can actually prove that they're that good uh, it's just going to be kind of interesting to see. But I'm kind of glad that, you know, with college football ending here, uh, we have, you know, our bowl, main bowl games coming up next week. Uh, but with college football ending, you know, you got something to kind of look forward to. NBA basketball's back. You know, NHL hockey's coming back. <laughs> I know you don't, you're not a hockey guy. No, definitely not. My, my avalanche are right up there, preseason ranked number one. So I'd like to see them get a cup, but. It's it's a the turning time for sports turns away from football and goes into your more your winter beginning of year months, and then 
who doesn't love March? March Madness, man. Yeah, let's see if it happens or not. I hope it does. Just, I mean, even the games that we've had so far, a lot of them have been canceled uh, due to COVID. But, I mean, that Gonzaga-Iowa game was really good to watch. You know, we had uh, a game, uh, Creighton is is playing good ball. I, they I, they were one of my sleepers. I, I Maybe they might do a shortened version this year. I think that might be possible, like half, like 32 instead of 64. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I like it just if we're able to have the games. But at the same time, like, there's so many, like, at that point, you almost take out the Cinderella's. You know what I mean? Well, a lot of Cinderella's are more like eight seats. I've seen a lot of good Cinderella teams as eight seats. You don't see too many that are high. You have have a couple that were, like, 11 seeds and 16. 16 seeds, I've seen one 16 seed actually go past two rounds. I've seen... Like, a couple 11 seeds do pretty good. But a lot of, like, Cinderella teams, I've seen more around 8 or 9-ish, which is 9. Yeah, they want to be in. Yeah, they want to be in there. I don't know. I just feel like it's... Because it, you have a lot of those mid-majors that are now left out. And I just feel like it's di- it's a different atmosphere when you have... I mean, like, will I be mad if they shorten the bracket down and still end up playing the games and have fans and stuff? No. But if you were... If you could play it with the full bracket, you know, the the four play-in game. Well, they're going to try because of the money involved with it. So, after not having anything last time, whew, that was a big, uh, I heard, I think it was a couple billion dollars that they lost. <laughs> oh, yeah, and especially the NCAA with being, you know, I hate to say it, but how money-hungry they really are, they they almost can't have March Madness. I mean, they'll almost have to have it, but pay the rights for, like, if they weren't to have any fans like TBS, TNT, and all these people that broadcast it, they're going to have to pay a little bit out of pocket to, to broadcast these games because the NCAA is going to be like, alright, we're having games, just not having fans, but we need to make that money back, so if you're going to broadcast a game for us, you're going to have to pay a lot of money. And then now these ads and different things. They're going to have to make their money some way. What, what about if they come out and make March Madness more like USC and make it a premium program? Oh, man. See, now I have never paid for a UFC fight, but don't tempt me on paying to watch <laughs> March Madness. Cause... Just think, if they start now, they won't stop. They'll just make it always that. Man, they they. I mean, it's really they have like a stranglehold on it too. Because honestly, like, what are you just not gonna watch March Madness? You're just gonna watch the score go by in your phone. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's not it's not the same. It was, and I feel like then they they could do that. I don't want them to, but they could do that, and they would really. You know how many people would be pissed? They'd be like, "Nope, we're making a whole new tournament now." <laughs> you would. What's that? What, there's an ESPN tournament with a bunch of old guys that they do for like a million dollars each year. Oh, the Big Three tournament or whatever? No, that's, it's not Big Three. There's another tournament that doesn't get a lot of like uh, basically people watching as enough because it's basically a bunch of old guys, older college players and older. Uh, the TBT and, tournament? Yeah. Where it's like got like uh, Bayheim's Army and stuff like that? Well, weird names that they create themselves. Or like uh, the Overseas Elite 
Yeah, yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, the yeah, the TBT tournament. Yeah. That one's got, like, a lot of guys that are... I mean, some people can get NBA contracts because some of those guys aren't that old. Yeah, but they're, like, they're basically out of college. Yeah, they're, it's all, like, uh, a lot of them are, like, alumni teams. Yeah. I could definitely see, like, that becoming bigger. If, uh, like, they go and you don't, like, see a March Madness or, like, they make a premium, like, it, it could happen. Just think of, like, how that could Seeing maybe all explode. these, like, smaller things kind yeah. of blow up because of it. Yeah. Here's the thing, NCA. If you're listening to this, I know you're not. But if you're listening to this, don't <laughs> don't go to the pay-per-view. Please don't. Just just cut everyone's losses and just keep streaming it on all these channels. Make it fun and enjoyable again. Hopefully this this COVID scare is done in a way by the time March rolls around so we're able to actually have uh, a, a legit quote-unquote March Madness and you know we'll be back to to normal normalcy and with that we will wrap up this podcast here we hope everyone has a Merry Christmas hang out with friends and family watch some Christmas basketball games I think there's some some pretty decent ones this year too there's also an NFL game on Friday. There is. I forgot yeah. about that. So watch NFL, watch NBA, watch sports. You always got to watch sports. We're, we're a sports podcast. We're not. Well, I'd be wrong to tell you not to watch sports. We'll be back with our uh, next episode on Saturday talking about kind of our takes on some of these uh, bowl games. You know, obviously I'm, I'm pretty high on Iowa State and New Year's Six. Pretty happy about that. <laughs> but we'll talk about that in the, in, in the later episodes. We thank you guys again for listening. Sports talk, don't